All right. So I'm going to start by painting a picture for you guys. So maybe last week you were getting ready for the Packer game. This next week we're going to be getting ready for the Super Bowl. What I want to paint the picture is we get so excited for these events, right? We are always talking about what's coming up. We're talking about the stats. We're talking about whose house we're going to get, uh, get together at. We're talking about what food we're going to have. And there's excitement around this. And the day of the event, we talk about um, who's going to be performing at the halftime show coming up here at the Super Bowl. Uh, and we're talking about who we think is going to win. But more importantly, we put on our garb. For me, I, get, I grab my terrible towel. Maybe you put on your Vikings garb or your cheese head, your jersey. We get ready. We go to our friend's house a little bit early, play some games, have some food, and hang out. And then it's time for kickoff. This is the exciting part. The ball's up in the air, and we're ready for some football. We're ready to see some people hit each other. But we're excited when our team does well, when they score, or when they call a good player take the ball from the other team. But we also get mad and upset when our team loses the ball or they make a bad play or whatever it is, right? We are invested in this. We're a community that is excited for football, for our team. And we're not just part of a community in that house or just in this state. That community can reach the United States and across the world. There's people with fans of all sorts of teams all over the world. So you have this beautiful picture of what it looks like to come together in excitement, to cheer on something that we're united in. But how often does the church look like this? How often does the church wear their Jesus garb? Maybe not necessarily a Jesus shirt, but how often do we wear Jesus on our hearts and in our lives and the way we walk and live our lives? How often do we talk about Jesus in excitement for what he's done, for what he's going to do? How often do we talk about the stats of Jesus saving souls and bringing life to people? So as we talk about what the Holy Catholic Church and communion of saints look like, I mean, keep in mind this picture of what it looks like to be part of a huge family that's excited about something greater than themselves that brings us together. So as we talk about this, the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints, two kind of interesting phrases. And a lot of times when we think about the Catholic Church, maybe we think about the church down the street, they've got different practices, a big cool building, right? But that's not how Catholic was defined. Catholic, in the time when this was written in the 4th century, was a term meaning universal. So it was meaning everyone who believed in this thing. So you have the universal body of Packers fans, universal body of Vikings fans. So this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the whole church of God across all nations. So as we jump into this, we're going to look at uh, Romans 12, verses 4 and 5. It says, 
Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. So we're talking about we're not alone in this. We all function differently. Maybe you're a foot, maybe you're an ear, maybe you're a knee, a worn out knee, <laughs> a little tired, but you're part of the body. You're part of this whole function. If your, arm wa- if your hand wasn't attached to your arm, or your arm wasn't attached to your hand, your hand would just be sitting on the ground. We need each other to support one another. And maybe you're not gifted at certain things. Maybe you're not musically talented. Maybe you're not good at getting up in front of people and speaking. Maybe your gift is being in the backgrounds, working on finances or working on projects. And we're part of this larger body that stretches far beyond just this building or this community. Our body is also in people who are doing missions in the Philippines and Africa. They have a great gift that God has given them and they're acting as part of our body over there and we're acting as part of their body over here by financially supporting them, prayerfully supporting them. So our body is so important. And when one part of the body physically, so if you break your arm, the rest of your body, your brain sends a signal to send resources. Go, go, go. Send and help that body part fix itself so we can get back on track. It doesn't say, eh, oh well, just let it be, right? It helps itself mend. And as a body, we have to help each other mend. We have to help each other in hard times. We have to cheer each other on in good times. We can't just go around letting each other fall. We are part of a body that builds each other up and supports one another. In um, Matthew 25, Jesus talks about helping the least of these. And when you see the least of these and help them, you're helping Jesus. So we are called to help the least of these, whether that's those in our church or outside of our church. When we are a body of believers, we help each other. God cares for us, and we are part of his body, and we need to, in return, care for his body, all parts of it, whether or not we like it, and whether or not it's easy or not. So, the body is also a community. And Matt Chandler talks about this in a, um, and says that we have kind of different sorts of community. We have our wide community that we are part of, right? We're part of Bloomer. Bloomer is our wider community, but we're part of also a smaller community of Bloomer Baptist. But we also have our close community. We have those friends, he says, our deep friends, our deep community, those that we trust with our life, those we know at 3 a.m., whether we are having a good day or bad day, we can call and they'll be there with us. They'll support us. So on our way back from uh, skiing uh, Christy Mountain last night, uh, we hit a deer with the bus. Uh, I don't know what happened to the deer, but we <laughs> pulled over to check on the bus just to make sure everything was good. And 
weren't leaking fluid or whatever, and got out and well, we went pulled over and the snow just sucked us right in. And so we were stuck on the side of the road uh, and a bunch of different people tried to stop and just see how we were doing. And it was good to have people check on us. Um, and we had people from our church call the parents, had to pick up kids, and uh, Dwayne Fossum came out and helped pull us out of the ditch while everyone else that was left pushed the bus. And this was just a beautiful picture, not getting hit, but not, not hitting a deer or getting stuck in a ditch, but a beautiful picture of how community helps one another, how the body supports itself. And when we are part of that body, the bigger body, we help each other. And in that smaller body, we help each other in deeper ways. We help each other when we're going through bouts of depression, when we're going through family struggles, when we're going through financial difficulties. We're also there when we're good, good times, when we have a job promotion, when we have a new birth in the family. These are the friends that are there for you in those darkest times, but also there for you in the best of times. And Jesus kind of shows us a model of this. He has his friends, the 12 disciples. These are his close friends, but he has a group of friends that are closer than that. He has three men that he takes specifically and meets one-on-one with and has closer relationships with doing things that the other nine disciples aren't able to do, that Jesus does not call them to do. This is getting deep. And our community is not just gathering here on Sunday. Our community is gathering together in small groups, gathering together to get coffee at expos. This is a picture of what close community looks like, taking those times to go and invest in one another. And this honors God and the communion of saints by showing that we are committed to one another and showing our community that no matter what happens, we're still going to love one another, whether or not it's easy or not. But this communion of saints, we think of saints sometimes. Maybe we think about the picture of someone on stained glass, someone that's held to like a really high standard, has a special standing. But... The word saints actually means to be made holy. And the Greek term is agois. And to be made holy, that doesn't say you are holy. It doesn't say you were born holy. It doesn't say you've done these certain things, so now you are holy. It's you are made holy only through Jesus Christ, only through him coming and saving us. But what the beautiful picture here is, this means anyone who's made holy. So those who were made holy thousands of years ago, Peter and John and Paul, all of them are part of our community of saints. All those that we've lost and loved, that have believed in Christ, are part of our community of saints. So you guys probably didn't think you're part of a megachurch, right? There's not 6,000 people sitting in here, right? 
but we are part of a mega church because we serve a mega God that can save anyone. We serve a God that is greater than all we can imagine. And we are part of that community that serves him because he has served us by sending his son to make us holy. Our church lives on far more than just sitting here for an hour, far more than our lives of 80, 90, 100 years. Our church lives on in the past, in the present, and eternity. So when we're looking at this church, it is a vision of what will be an eternity of heaven. All of us worshiping together, worshiping God for what he has done. And it's a beautiful picture because it shows that even though we are only here for a short period of time, we serve a God who is in all time. And our church is alive in all time and space, no matter where we are. So what do we do with this? What, is it, what do we do now that we know that we're part of this huge church that serves a mega God? So John, First uh, John find it. Uh, 1, 3... First um, John 1 3 says we proclaim to you that we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and the Son Jesus Christ so we're gathered together we're not just here because we want to hang out with our friends yes that's good but we're here because our fellowship is with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit it's deeper than just coming together to sing some songs and listen to someone talk. It's meant to be our communion with him and with each other. So when we're coming to church, it's not just about when we come to church, but it's about the intent of our heart, that we're coming to worship him, that we're coming to praise him alongside of our, our fellow believers. Not that we're coming to church to be with other believers only, but to worship him first and foremost. In Hebrews uh, 10, 17, it says, he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. We are part of the church that God loves we are part of a church that God wants us to be loved and to love back. But God also wants us to gather to, to remember him. And we do this through the Lord's Supper. And many times, I know, I come to the Lord's Supper just kind of doing it out of a ritual. But many times sitting there, holding the bread and holding the cup, I remember this is only because of him. Without him, we would have no purpose for gathering. We would all be only looking out for ourselves. We would have no eternal life. 
we would have no mega church. And our communion and breaking the bread and taking the cup together is a sign that as a church together, we remember why we are here. So when we gather and break bread and drink of cup, it's a bigger sign for those who see us do it that we're not just here, again, to sing and listen to someone speak, but to truly remember what Christ has done for us. And finally, we are gathering as a visual for the world to see. We're gathering because we want the world to know that Christ has done something so miraculous, that God has done something out of such compassion for us that we can't help but gather and talk about it and sing about it. It's a visual representation for everyone to see that we are not just another group of sports fans, but we are dedicated to serving Christ in our life. Whether that means taking four, out of, four hours out of our week or 40 hours out of our week to love him. But our love is not just a four hours a week. Our love is an eternal sacrifice of loving those around us and loving our community. And it's an also a visual representation of what the Trinity looks like and just the connectivity of God with himself. Now, it's not perfect for us, right? We are totally imperfect people that cannot fully understand how to connect with God. But we can give it our best shot by loving him day in and day out. And we've got a, I've got a list here, too, of all these other things that show the love of God through the communion of saints, worshiping him in public and worship space, in uh, holy conversation, in prayer with each other, in exhortation, in mutual comfort and edification. All these things are part of what it looks like to be part of the body of God and serving one another and loving one another and loving our community. So we are supposed to look a lot more like that group of people that are hooting and hollering for their team to win the game, that talk about their team throughout the week, that we talk about Jesus in our lives, that we walk out Jesus in our lives and how we love one another and how we support one another and recognizing that we are just not in this alone. That when we feel like we're trying to live our best life for Jesus, but it doesn't seem to be doing anything, we have so many other people around us cheering us on and that we have God of the universe cheering us on we are part of that church and as part of that church we know that we can be free from our sin and that he takes that away from us as Hebrews 10 said he remembers it no more so we can freely give our life to follow him The last comment here is just make God your church. Don't make this building your church. Don't make the people your church because they will let you down. 
Make the Savior of your soul your church. And the communion of saints and wanting to gather with each other to praise him will come out of that. Worship band, you can come back up. I close in prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for your love of community and your love of us. I pray that we would walk out that community every day, that we would see what it looks like in each other to love one another and that our community would see what it looks like to love one another. We thank you for this time and pray that you would move our hearts to praise you wherever we are. Well, let's stand. Let's close with Salvation Belongs to Our God. The chorus we get to sing, Be to Our God Forever and Ever. Let's sing. Salvation belongs to our God who sits upon the throne and unto the this morning and I just felt the need to come up here and just share one more verse with you guys before we leave which by the way some of you might be thinking wow we should have the youth pastor preach more often we're getting out of here early 
actually, it's not just his message. It wasn't all that short, just a little bit shorter of service altogether today. And I have more time. <laughs> no, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, it, to- it tells us this. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You see, as Pastor Tanner shared with us, we are saints. We are saints of God. And that doesn't mean that we deserve or that we should be on stained glass windows or looked up to in that way. We're no better than anyone else. We're all part of the same body of Christ. But we should be seen as different. We should be seen as different. You see, we're not part of the body of the world. We're part of the body of Christ. And by being part of the body of Christ, part of God's body, we should be imitators of him. Every day, we're being imitators of him. Every day, God is sanctifying us and making us more like him. You know, Tanner was talking about being the body. And he shared a couple things, um, and I won't go on too much longer, I promise. Actually, go ahead and be seated. I thought about making a stand just so I would be shorter, but I I promise I won't go on too much longer. But he did share a couple of things about the body. And I really caught on to this in the first service, too. You see, he said some of us might be a knee, a worn-out knee. Some of us might be a toe. Some of us might be an ear. You see, I think we all want to be the hands. We all want to be the feet. And I think about that song in the 90s. I don't remember if it was Newsboys, DC Talk, Audio Adrenaline, who it was. But one of them had that song, I want to be your hands. I want to be your feet. I'll go where you send me. We all want to be the hands and feet of Christ. But we don't all need to be the hands and feet. Some of us do need to be the knees, the toes, the ears, the mouth. And I joked during first service, I said, I am the mouse. I've got a big mouth. But then I had to correct myself and say, it's not because I have a bad mouth. It's because I have a loud mouth. And I can talk loud. I can talk a lot. But you see, we all have different gifts that God's given us as part of the body of Christ. And we need to use those gifts that he gives us. We need to be the body, be imitators of Christ every day of our life. And Tanner, thank you for these great images I want you to leave with that image he gave you of a sports team. God's word is full of analogies related to finishing well, running the race, and these sports-type analogies. How much do we root for our Packers or the Vikings back there, Dave? But what do we do to root for God every day of our lives? You know, I know Dave's a Vikings fan. You know I'm a Packer fan, even though I came from Ohio and I could be a Browns or a Bengals fan. But how many people in your life know that you are a fan of Christ? And you're not just a fan, you're a follower. We need to be hooting and hollering for each other and hooting and hollering for God. Thank you for that image, Pastor Tanner. You're dismissed.